Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Welcome along. It is the Cricket Badger Podcast England against India Test Match Dailies and it is fifth Test Match Eve. Today we are looking forward to the Christmas Santa bringing us a joyful five days in Manchester. The rain is kind of like on the horizon. We nearly didn't have a Test Match at all. Joining me to talk about all things fifth Test Match England against India, we've got Mark Hilton, Rito Mitra and Neil Varani. And let's start with you, Neil. Welcome back. Did you have a nice holiday? Yeah, yeah, really good. And uh, thankfully you can get BBC sounds out in uh, out in Spain so um, I had uh, Aggers uh, tell me what was going on at the Oval while I was away which made it doubly good and uh, I'm sure it was gleefully received in your ear holes as well Rito how are you today are you looking forward to the fifth test yeah I'm well, very good James I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to England sparing the series to do at the Manchester. Rito is uh, one of our English fan badges. You sound like you're down a well today, Rito, but um, yeah. we'll uh, bear with you. Uh, and Mark, you are a, a, Lancast- a Lancastrian, um, so it's kind of going back to your home territory. I had a massive thunderstorm in Bradford, um, just over the Pennines this afternoon. It came down probably, I don't know, but about... 20 inches in about a space of about five minutes. Might be a slight exaggeration, but you get the drift. You were telling me this afternoon, because last time I think I was at Old Trafford for anything work-related, probably it was four years ago, something around that, and I can remember just sitting there watching a puddle developing on the outfield and we never got any play, but you say it's better now. Yeah, I think all that was cleared up. That was around about that test match, test match time when they had a problem near the boundary edge. But yeah, that's cleared up. The drainage is fantastic. So when it stops, they play. So there'd be no problem. And the forecast is actually improve for tomorrow up there so um and the forecast for the weekend is okay so you may get five clear days fingers crossed because this test match i mean we'll we'll talk now about the fact it nearly never was this fifth test match and i think this test series deserves a full stop it deserves the curtain falling on it properly rather than just everybody drifting away but neil covid um the Second physio, I think, in the Indian camp, complained of uh, some COVID symptoms on Wednesday. He was then tested, came out positive, so he's been kind of like bundled off into a dark room. The rest of the Indian squad, though, has been tested, obviously, since then. And thankfully, no positive tests amongst the Indian players, but it was uh, touch and go for most of today, wasn't it? Yeah, and... uh... 
as always, in the absence of knowledge, um, then all kinds of crazy theories have been uh, been flying about. Um, we've been... Uh, That's what we should call this podcast, the absence of knowledge. <laughs> anyway, so carry on. But yeah, I mean, we, we were partaking of a few of those uh, and discussing the likelihood and so on through the day um, uh, between us on our on our WhatsApp group. But yeah, no one really knew what was going on. Um, was it the dastly BCCI trying to get India, the Indian players away so they could prepare for the IPL on time? Yeah. Uh, were, were England going to uh, force India to forfeit so that they could get away with a two-all draw? It was that level of ridiculousness. Um, for the record, no, the BCCI are clearly not going to do that. They wouldn't risk um, their players uh, being exposed to COVID just to get over to the UAE a bit early and... The ECB were never going to push for calling the game off because, quite frankly, the financial uh, implications of doing that would be horrendous to a board that's already spent all its reserves on the 100. Just on your IPL point there, though, Neil, it's surely if you escape quicker, you lessen the risk of actually getting COVID, don't you? Because you're out the country and you're on your, on, on your way. I mean, there, there is obviously an awful lot of money um, wrapped up in the IPL. Um, but I mean, the reason that they kind of bent, have bent over backwards to get it into the UAE, because a lot of other tournaments domestically, I mean, I don't know, say the 50 over Royal London One Day Cup got COVID riddled in the early stages of the season. You guarantee that ECB will just say, well, we'll just knock that on the head for this season. We'll move on to next next time. You can't do that with the IPL because it is a billion dollar industry, isn't it? Um, so Sarav and co have been really trying to get this IPL on and obviously it's now going to be in the UAE starting on the 19th of September uh, India was supposed to fly out of this country England on the 15th of September now if you've got a load of positive tests in the hotel um, you aren't able to fly are you and then all of a sudden no. you've got the potential for the likes of Virat Rohit Sharma Jasper Bumrah some of the leading lights some of the poster boys of the IPL being stranded in England and being left behind haven't you well absolutely and that that's why some of those uh, rumours that there was an attempt to get the match called off uh, on sort of the uh, the COVID infections were a method uh, to get that end result are so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, plus, no one knows what the effects of long COVID are. Um, we've heard anecdotally that there are people who are still knackered months after they've actually recovered initially. The assets uh, that these players are, you can't afford to... We, we were properly down the rabbit hole in terms of... Uh, uh, in terms of ideas that were flying about uh, about the internet um, in the so, lack I mean, of any so knowledge. On that point, Neil, somebody I know, he got COVID last year and he's still struggling. He's, I think he was on local news talking about it because it basically has completely wiped him out. He, he does about 15 minutes and then he's tired again uh, and this is a person that used to be really active you know used to play in a band used to be really active used to be all over the place now struggles to actually do more than 20 minutes before having to go back and have a lie down it's actually quite scary um, and obviously if somebody like Virat Kohli got that as a prized asset of the BCCI that is not going to play well is it Rito I mean I'm sure you've been following what's been going on how how have you interpreted today's events both the boards have actually handled it pretty well obviously the ecb wouldn't have just called off this test match as they are they don't have a lot of reserves to fall back on now so the bcc were looking to get back the players back to the uae as soon as possible but ecb said no we won this test and we won those points now the england team has said that they will get josh butler back in the team your favorite player james 
Charles Butler. And as long as Charles Butler has played... Don't put words into my mouth, Rito, my <laughs> I, I think Charles Butler is a fantastic cricketer and a very nice man. He just wouldn't be in my first Test eleven. That's that's all. He's back in the team and probably one of Oli Pope or Johnny Bairstow will drop out of the team. Oh, Johnny Bairstow, he has been the England's second highest run scorer in this series. So whether you drop him or you drop Oli Pope after scoring a very impressive 80 at his home ground. So <clears throat> that, these are tough decisions for England to take. And Jimmy Anderson, we are hearing even they might drop Jimmy and rather rest Jimmy Anderson for this test match after overbowling him at the Oval. So th- there are some pretty tricky decisions for the England team to take now ahead of tomorrow's game. Getting back to the events of today and yesterday, Mark, I mean, I, I actually genuinely felt for most of today that there was a, a significant chance of this test match not going ahead because we're not just talking about somebody that's kind of on the periphery of the Indian side. This is a guy who's had his hands on um, Mohammed Jami's legs. He's been treating Rohit Sharma. He's been treating Cheteshwar Pajara. All of the kind of walking wounded and the less so that just fancied a bit of a rub down have been treated by the physio. So he's been in close proximity to these guys. I mean, you talk about two meters he's been basically all over them <laughs> so you know the, the fact that they've got a load of negative tests is more look, look than judgment really isn't it well they've been lucky essentially um that's it isn't it we can't really we can't really i don't think anyone can predict who's going to catch covid from who else and we just know it's very contagious but obviously they've been exceptionally lucky in terms of in terms of not getting it i'm presuming that most of the indian side of us have, have at least one job if not two which uh, reduces the chance of you being infected anyway. We don't know about how much, but yeah, they've had a lucky escape and uh, thankfully we got the test match on. I mean, I get so kind of bogged down with all the rules around COVID and get some games being called off and some not. It's just, you know, it's just all become incredibly complicated, but back to the matter is we're going ahead, we've got a test match, so let's enjoy it. I mean, the, the, just a final word on that, the... The forfeit nature that Neil brought up earlier. There, there is precedent in sport. I mean, in, in UK sport, in football, if you can't put a team out, you basically forfeit the points, and your opposition gets them if you're COVID, um, you know, aff- afflicted. Whether it's, I mean, it's never your fault, really, is it? But um, yeah, so there is precedent in sport for that to to apply. I mean, it's a little bit harsh on a team that's travelled halfway around the world and has only got a limit, a finite number of people to pick from. If you start going down that route, but I, I, I got the impression. I mean. As Neil says, rumours galore going left, right and centre. People kind of like make, adding two and two and making probably 28. But I, I got the impression the ECB weren't particularly happy with India in the first place because they attended a function that they didn't get dispensation to, to attend. There's potentially a little bit of blame from the ECB towards the team India for getting... Who's got a cow in the room? Sorry, there, there may be a uh, a blunder going on in the other room. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna just gonna move to. Uh... I thought there was a cow coming in somebody's somebody's room. There. <laughs> no, sorry. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, so there was the potential there for the ECB to be a little bit narky with India, and then if India was saying, "Well, we want to go home now. Let, let's kind of call this off and let's claim a two-one series victory," you can understand there being potentially a bit of a standoff between the two cricket boards. Well, yeah, I mean, as I say, there could have been a standoff between the two cricket boards the ECB weren't happy India shouldn't have gone to the function I mean the whole Covid world is crazy isn't it but um, you know who goes where who touches what who sees who I mean you know it's just as long as they've got the, they probably have the jabs we've got a test match so let's just talk about the test match and be thankful it's on and forget about Covid for at least another half hour shall we 
badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. Mark wants to move on, but I'm going to just let Neil answer the question that he was about to answer before we do. <laughs> Look, I mean, for, first of all, we we know that uh, there was some kind of um, book launch that certainly the the management attended. Uh, rumours are that a couple of the players did. Rumours are that Tom Harrison and a number of people from the ECB were also there. I think I think there's a a certain tendency towards. Um, antagonism uh, especially when we have big three series and it and it gets a little bit out of hand especially towards the end of a series and we see this pretty much every time um, uh, stuff like in the last ashes series um steve smith wearing a pair of glasses was he taking the piss out of jack leach or chris rogers who knows um you know, should uh, should rohit have uh, had his chicken sandwich inside because it was raining or outside due to the strict letter in Australia. And it, it does get a little bit over the top. Um, I think that there's also a little bit of hypocrisy from all sides in what their side has done compared to how they judge um, what other people have done. So, say, England pulling out of South Africa at very, very short notice um, compared to um, what happened with the COVID bubble uh, versus Pakistan. I think Pakistan would have been well within their rights to also just turn around and go home um, when the entire England team went down with COVID. And we don't know what the reason was for that, whether it was just pure accidental contamination, whether someone was a little bit silly. Um, the fact is we can only minimise the possibility of infection. We can never negate it without completely shutting ourselves off from the world. Yeah. So some level of infection is always a risk. And when you're spending this long in a bubble, the chance of something happening at some point is always going to uh, always going to happen. Because um, it's not really a bubble, is it? Because like if you blow a bubble, it's completely encased in itself. Whereas these bubbles aren't. It's just it's just a phrase for it. Um, our friends at the Edges and Sledges podcast, we've got quite a few uh, messages coming in, and it's bad news for Mark because a lot of it is about COVID. So I do apologise to the man in the top right of the screen. But um, the guys at the Edges and Sledges podcast say, did England forfeit uh, World Test Championship points when they didn't play against South Africa? The only thing, I mean, Neil just mentioned that. The only thing I'd say on that is that that was. Very, very early in it, wasn't it? That was yeah, t- t- kind of right towards the start of it, wasn't it? Where people didn't quite understand what was going on. Yeah, but they were proven to be false negatives um, and England didn't leave straight away. They left on their scheduled <laughs> flights. They could have um, gone and played South Africa at least in the second or third um, ODI um, by the times so that they found out. And also Australia didn't forfeit COVID points when they refused to go to South Africa. Those games just weren't um, played. So South Africa didn't gain those points. No one did. Uh, they were just disregarded and it was done on 
percentage of games played. So they were just treated it as um, as no results. Um, it could have just been been the same as five days of rain, basically, which is Shale, what I would expect to happen here. Sorry, now, Shale's been in touch, and Shale's on every single show. He just lurks around in the ether waiting for us to start. Um, but thank you for doing that, Shale. It's much appreciated. Um, he says, as per England COVID protocols, close contact should be isolated. Uh, there is uh, Rohit Sharma, Jetishwa Pajara. I mean, I mentioned Shami. All the guys that are being treated by the physio. Are That's not true, though. It's not. It's not true. It's you isolate until um, you give out a a negative PCR test if you're so double vaccinated. The negative test today means they're okay. Yeah, they should have been shot. isolating until they had that, um, because I believe all the Indian team are double vaccinated because. It's done on a private medical basis in uh, in India. Well, that answers your question, Shell. Um, there you go. You are listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. Thoughts on the India and England World T20 squads, Rito? You, you've seen the the squads. I take it that have been announced by both England and India. Um, any particular surprises that you've seen from the Indian squad? I would say the inclusion of Ashwin was a big surprise, and the exclusion of Kulcha, Kuldeep, and Chahal around whom in Kohli and Ravishastri had built that spin attack. Both of them have been excluded. That was a big shock. Now, coming to the England team, we probably knew that Ben Stokes wasn't going to be included in the team. Apart from that, it has been a pretty good selection from England. All the players have just made it to that squad. Well, there's a Lancastrian shaking his head in the top right-hand corner there, who um, I imagine, Mark... Um, I'm, I mean, obviously, Sak Mahmood has been a, a feature of the White Ball squad for pretty much all of the summer and the winter, I think. He's, he's been around. He's had this side strain. The rumours I've heard is that it's actually not very good. And I would imagine the reason he's not included in this squad is because of that injury. But it's actually, I don't think, I've not seen it anywhere that that's been said anywhere. Um, but uh, Matty Parkinson, for me, seems to be a, a glaring omission. I don't know about you. Well, yeah, com- com- completely glaring. Particularly, he's not even on the travelling reserves list. I mean, right. if you look at England's squad, they've got six frontline seamers in a in a 15-man squad over there something going to the going to um, UAE which to me seems quite top heavy if they, particularly if they're taking travelling reserves if somebody gets injured I mean quite how effective David Willer will be in the UAE I have no idea but uh, I would have thought the Pacey Bowls and the Lemsey Bowls would be disappearing over the boundary quite a lot then you've got Sam Curran blah, blah, blah. again they're all much of a muchnesses which is why Mills has come back because he offers them something different with Wood. You know, they should have had um they should have had at least one extra spinner in there because you could actually argue, looking at that particular squad, they've obviously got the may have thought, well, if Parkinson goes, he's not going to play with Rashid, they're not you know, their viewers they're not going to play two like spinners together for whatever reason. So but you know, Moeen Ali hasn't played, he hasn't been in the England one-day teams that much over the last 18 years. Uh, this, this is what surprises me, um, Mark, because one of the things with Team England in the white ball and Owen Morgan's vision and all the rest of it, they have been, generally speaking, pretty consistent in their selections. You know, if you've been part of the team, I mean, David Willey missed out on the last World Cup. That was only because Joffre came in from kind of left field and, and, and replaced him. But they, they've been pretty loyal. They've stood by people that have played and done okay. Uh, and I don't think... Matt Parkinson disgraced himself by any means. He, he looked pretty decent to me, so it didn't make any sense. I don't think it's. Uh, I, I he's very disappointed. Well, I should imagine he's incredibly disappointed, particularly not his. You know, at least a travelling reserve is far better bet than Liam Dawson, let's say, as a travelling reserve. I think you know they could they're, if they're pinning their hopes obviously on Moen. Uh, sorry, Rashid obviously bowling. Then you have got Livingston and Moen. Well, Moen 
as, as I say, hasn't played that much white ball cricket for England. He's, he's been down the pecking order a bit. Liam Livingston as a bowler is improved, but he's incredibly inconsistent in 2020 cricket. Right. I mean, Blanks, he bowled, he lost as a quarterfinal the other year. He got smashed for 24 off and over. He can, you know, he's not, he's not Mr. Reliable and he's facing top class batsmen. So not to take an extra frontline spinner to the UAE in your squad, I think, could be, is dangerous for England and the likes of David Willey. I'm not quite sure what the scene Sam Billings actually. I'm not quite. He seems to get in every single squad. I mean, I've seen him play some good innings. I've also seen him play some awful ones, and I've seen him get his team very close to the line and very, very often not quite get. We've got three wicket keepers in the squad yeah. essentially, haven't they? So, and then your your mate James Vince, who I actually think should be in the T20 squad, he's a travelling reserve. So. To flip that around, and See, I've got I'm getting totally miscast here. There's Rita telling me I hate Josh Butler. Um, you're telling me that James Vince is one of my mates. I've never met him. What about you, Neil? I mean, I, we, we saw the IPL last year in, in the UAE, and we saw that initially in that tournament, it could you know reasonably good batting conditions towards the start, but the pitches gradually got slower and slower and lower and lower, and the scores got exactly the same. And I mean, I, I've watched quite a bit of cricket live out there in the UAE on various preseason trips and stuff, and it's certainly not a high-scoring place to go to. Sharjah, maybe when they've got new strips in there, can be quick-scoring because they've got short boundaries. But it tends to be the slower and lower your bowlers are, the better you're better off you are. I'm confused by England. Um, do, do they reckon the World Cup's going to get um, moved to the north of England? Because current wokes willy. You've got three pa- swing power play bowlers in the squad for uh, 15 men going to the UAE. You've got one um, out-and-out spinner, two part-time spinners who, to be fair, will both probably be in the 11. Hmm. But what happens if Rashid gets injured? Then Dawson comes in. I mean, yeah, I, I like Liam Dawson, but he's got nowhere near the impact that um, a, a good full-time spinner is going to have on those pitches. And these are pitches where the IPL is going to play a load of games beforehand and wear them out. They're going to have no chance to refresh them properly. I mean, the the only people that I'm really disappointed in are the West Indies, who have had absolutely no drama with their team that's come out today, apart from the understandable um, uh, missing Narain. You're disappointed in the West Indies because they've actually done things sensibly for once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pakistan uh, released their squad and then... Two hours later, Misbah and Waka Yunus resign. Afghanistan uh, announced their squad, and about five minutes later, Rashid Khan resigns as captain. Um, South Africa um, have decided to drop Faf and Chris Morris and Imran Tahir and George Linder, and then posted a picture of uh, Temba Bavuma in whites to uh, announce a, um, a T20 squad. Um, India's, I actually think, is very sensible, but they are clearly banking on spinning pitches because we've got three seamers plus Hardik um, and then four off sp- uh, no three off spinners, two leg spinners in Chahar and Chakrabarti. And actually, I think that is a fairly progressive, but um, with the option to move back to balanced or even conservative uh, teams. So they've got a fair number of uh, options there. So Chakravati's done his gym stuff, is he? He's, he's, he's raring to go, is he? Well, clearly either that or um, everyone who's supposed to be testing him is uh, currently down with COVID, so they haven't been able to get anywhere near him. <laughs> but he... He had such a good time out in the UAE. Yeah. Um, he was one the, of the stars of the, the tournament, year. wasn't he? And I think Besto 
basically and Roy took down Chahal to such an extent when England were in India earlier this year and the last few series Kuldeep's already been dropped because basically he came in he was something new there's a whole thing in Nathan Lehman and Ben Jones's book about left arm spinners and why they do well initially mainly because the batters haven't had a huge amount to practice against them but he seems to have um, got a bit found out especially after Mo um, did a num- number on him in the IPL a couple of seasons ago for RCB, and he hasn't been the same guy since. So India's actually seems very sensible, but with a few surprises. England confused me entirely for a whole host of um, picks. Um, most seriously, I think the missing Parkinson puts a huge amount on Adil, and he's had issues with his shoulder. That's a lot of games in a short amount of time that he's going to have to get through, and a lot of pressure, which... He does thrive under, but even then, it's um, it's going to leave him nowhere to go if he gets injured. Yeah, well, I mean, you could probably say that about most white ball teams that England have put out over the last few years because he's very central, Adil Rashid, isn't he, to their 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 goings on. Um, two questions to you, Rita, before we move on from the uh, the World T Twenty. Um, ben Stokes obviously confirmed as absent. Um, I mean, I don't think that I think they've left the door slightly ajar in terms of how they phrased it because they, they don't <laughs> firm up the squads until a few days' time, do they? But it doesn't look like Ben Stokes is going. To me, that's kind of that's his third best format I would say T20 it's not you know I think we've seen over the last few weeks how much England have missed him in the test arena just the balance of the side is completely different without him in the side same kind of thing with the ODI stuff but in, in the T20 internationals Rito Ben Stokes hasn't necessarily been always been the force might actually be a blessing in disguise he gets a rest gets a chance to make himself better in England go with a, a slightly new strategy yes Ben's numbers in T20 don't look that well on paper but Ben is someone who can do miracle on cricket field and that's why England want him in each and every single format they play because he can win games from any situations whether they are say 30 for 3 in a T20 chase or they're up against it uh, defending a smallish total he can do this sort of stuff so he is pivotal to England's all three teams that's why they want him in the side that's why they're looking forward to for, to hear a yes from Ben at some point I, I, th- I think that Stokes in the T20 is probably more vital in terms of his presence and his and maybe the effect that he has on the opposition rather than actually his performances at times um, because people are kind of wary of him despite the fact that his stats don't suggest that he's is quite as uh, as good as people think he is. The other one, Rito, is Tim Al Mills, um, a friend of the podcast. He's been on before, old uh, Tim Al, and he's, um, his pace, his left arm stuff for Sussex Sharks, etc. Has seen him get a recall into England colours for this squad, and obviously part of that, I think, is down to the fact that his Sussex teammate Joffre Archer isn't around. He's going to add a little bit of pace up front and at the death. Yes, he has worked hard after all those injuries that he has had. He has played in all, all those leagues abroad and, and he has done excellently, excellently well for Southern Brave in the 100. That's why he has got this opportunity and obviously the of Racha missing out for the rest of the year. There has been a welcome break, a welcome return to the squad for Timon Mills who has is an excellent bowler for England. Shale's saying, Mark, Joffre Archer and Ben Stokes just cannot be replaced, he says. Just irreplaceable. I don't think any cricket is irreplaceable, to be honest with you. And um, as you say, Ben Stokes in this format, his numbers aren't that particularly great. He's actually improved as a red ball cricketer and slightly declined as a white ball cricketer in 2020, obviously. 50 over stuff is okay. Archer, obviously, huge miss, particularly in 2020. Probably one of the best 2020 bowlers, pace bowlers in the world. You know, Mills has done the job consistently, 
in different leagues. He had a bad time in the IPL and had a big big price tag where he went with a big, you know, kind of big money price tag a few years ago. But he seems to have recovered from that. They need some rope. They need some real pace in the side. Obviously over there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think either of them are irreplaceable. No cricketer is ever irrepre- irreplaceable. I don't think. Um, no, no individuals bigger than a side. Let's have a quick sweep round. Who wins the World Cup T20? The T20 World Cup, or whatever it's called these days. Who wins it, Neil? Uh, India. So predictable. Brito. England. And you're even more predictable. Mark. India. You're just a turncoat. I th- I actually think, genu- genuinely think, that you could probably make a case for six teams easily in terms of who can win this tournament. I think, yeah, England and India maybe are the slight favourites going into it, but anybody can win this tournament. Um, we've seen Bangladesh have some good results on slow, low pitches. If the pitches aid them, <clears throat> you never know what they could produce. And uh, West Indies, it depends how they feel when they get out of bed, doesn't it? They, they can be amazing. And Pakistan, Mercurial as well. And despite the fact they've got turmoil, but they're used to that. That's It wouldn't be a normal year without some sort of Pakistan <laughs> turmoil going on, would it? So I think it's, it's truly fascinating competition. It could be anybody's tournament that one my name is jacob and i sent the badger a message and now i'm on the podcast with this jingle if you would like to get in touch with the cricket badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger Let's finish off then looking ahead to the uh, the next five days at Old Trafford. As I said at the start, this tour- this series has been superb. It deserves a proper full stop. It deserves to get Old Trafford as, as its kind of curtain fall. What's, curtain, what's the opposite of curtain razor, Rito? Curtain fall, like you should just said. Well, okay, I was right. I shouldn't doubt myself, should I? <laughs> um, the, the, um, so it deserves that. It deserves a proper full stop. It deserves for India to go away victorious if they, if they deserve to be. It deserves for India, England to be punching the air if they can level it to all, all the rest of it. Mark, as I say, Terrific test matches so far. This one could be just as good, could it, if the rain stays away? Yes, you always get good test matches at Old Trafford. Good wickets. England like playing there. They've got an excellent record record there uh, recently. What I would say is that people keep saying it's going to be this pitch, it's going to be that pitch, it's going to spin, it's going to do this. The wickets there this year have actually been, you know, pretty flat, pretty pretty good wickets. You've had to earn your corn to get to get wickets, even if you're a spinner or a seamer. It has spun a bit, but not not appreciably. Normally on the the last day, most of the four day games have gone the whole distance. The one against Warwickshire last week was basically a road, the three days, and then it turned a bit on the last day. So England are going to have, you know, they're going to be too tired attacks. They're going to have to work hard because you know the wicket will probably be pretty similar to championship wicket but if we do get five great days it'll be a good game so on that Mark if I'm if I'm making you chairman of selectors this evening and you've seen the kind of pitches you're our local man you're the man on the ground kind of 11 are you sticking out well, they've got What's to play the makeup of it? Are you playing two spinners? Are you, how are you going? Um, you've got to play Mark Wood for a start because you need you definitely need a point of difference at Old Trafford without any shadow of a doubt. Would I play two spinners? In a normal situation, I probably would play two spinners, but they have seamers who are quite tired. Now, do you risk going in with three seamers, if, even if it's a combination, even if it's Wilkes, Anderson and Wood? You, you, Wood can break down at any time because if you go in with three seamers and two of them have just bowled 70 odd overs in three days ago and you've got Mark Wood who is fragile, then if one of them breaks down, then you're then you're in you, you know, you're up the swanny basically, aren't you? So I think I mean that, that's a really good point, actually. You've got Chris Wokes who's only just returning from injury, despite the fact he came through the last test match, you don't know quite how he's going to react to that. Um Robinson's 
quite a young lad and he looks quite tired. Jimmy's cracking on, etc. They've all got reasons to rest them, haven't they? Yeah, so I think, you know, the pragmatic approach is that they will have to go four seamers and a spinner because you can't you can take that risk with Wood in the side and seamers that both. I mean, Wolves is instead of that injuries. Anderson's bowled a lot of overs. They're going to have to go four seamers and a spinner. And to be fair, you know, Old Trafford this year, again, Parkinson has bowled the majority of the overs for Lanks. Um, quite often we've gone in with one spinner and people like Luke Wells have bowled a few overs and what have you. Uh, Parkinson's done most of the donkey work. We've played one game with Hartley and Parkinson in the side, I think. So, you know, I think the pragmatic choice is to go with four seamers and the spinner because, again, the balance of the side with Ali, number seven. You know, I think it's going to be difficult for England. I really think it's going to be difficult this test match. I know indeed I've had a disrupted preparation with the COVID situation, but I've got a bad feeling about this test match for England. I really have. I think it could be could be a test match too far for them. Rito, would you agree with what Mark's just said? I mean, it surprised me. I mean, it didn't surprise me. That's maybe why I was surprised. Josh Butler coming back into the side after his paternity leave, how quickly they've just said, yeah, he's vice-captain, he goes straight back in there again. I know people back it, back up his performance. Mark, he's won. I mean, his overall test record is moderate. Is it, I think it was you said earlier, Johnny Bairstow's got, I think, second most runs for England this summer. You've got Ollie Pope, who came in and looked really good in the first innings in the last test match as well. So there's some people there that maybe don't quite deserve to be dropped for Josh Butler's Josh Butler's immediate return. Yeah, obviously England, they have said that Josh Butler before this bit and relief, he was their test vice-captain and that's why they have that word of trust in him and that's why they have reselected him into the team straight away coming back from his paternity leave. There's obviously something that Chris Silverwood and Joe Root sees in Josh Butler that we as spectators and as fans of the game can't and his performances is match winning he, he knows where the bodies are buried doesn't he? He knows where the bodies are buried I'm sure he does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean he's a, he's a- Living good player. It's just, I, I mean, I think part of my frustration with Josh Butler isn't that I dislike him at all. I actually really like him, and I can see his value in white ball cricket. He's, he's absolutely exceptional. One of the very best in the world, probably in the world eleven. I um, mean, both ODIs and T20s with gloves on and, and all the rest of it. But I just don't think he's ever rinsed out anywhere near what he can do in Test cricket. And I think probably the time's gone now. He's probably not going to get there now if he hasn't done it in fifty-three Test matches. What good is another ten or fifteen? Is it is it time to look? for somebody else and maybe look for somebody that can get the best out of themselves in the future. That's the only only reason. I know as soon as I say that, there's likes of Jacob on Twitter that basically send me about 50 messages to say that I am so unfair on Josh Butler. <laughs> um, I think it would be unfair it. on Johnny Gersto to drop him, to be honest with you. I think, you know, he's the second highest run scorer in this series for England. I mean, there's a low bar mark. That's he's not saying a huge amount though, is it? No, he's, 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 he's having 29, but I mean, I think Johnny will look back at this. I mean, if he is left out, and I think he's probably the most likely to be left out himself because I think they'll probably back Ollie Pope above him. I think um, he'll look back on this series. He can't complain too much because he is only averaging 29 despite the fact that he's the second highest scorer for England. But he's made so many 20s and 30s and not kicked on Mark. And he, yeah, that, that was his chance, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I'm, I, I mentioned it on the um, WhatsApp group the other day. I know we got a great ball from the from Bimmer the other day but the same kind of technical fault is still there he's falling over he's looking to mid wicket you know you can you, you fancy him to get bowled at LBW and in fact 40 46% of his dismissals in test matches have been LBW or bowl you know it shows there is a real technical flaw with him impacted DRS and that's what he'll be saying let's uh, finish off with the um, the India team um, I mean it's hard to pick this Indian side isn't it because I mean usually coming off a win you kind of say 
Great job, guys. If you're still fit enough, let's go once more time. Let's keep a winning side. But you've got injuries potentially to row it into Cheteshwapajara. Um, they've obviously been handled by a, a, a COVID-riddled um, physio as well. You've got the potential returns of um, Mohamed Shami, Ishant Sharma, maybe. How, how do you see it? Do you see do Ashwin coming in? I mean, you've got about 30 seconds to answer this question. How do you see it? Uh, if they're injured, Mayank for... Rohit, um, uh, Vihari and a bit of a reshuffle for Pajara. Um, I would bring in Ashwin for Siraj who looked tired. He's played all four tests. And then Shami um, with Umesh, Shardul, Bumrah. Depends on how people are feeling. Shami's coming back off a niggle. Bumrah's played all four tests. If you've got two spinners, you may not want Shardul as the workhorse although he does provide runs. So for Shami uh, to come in in depend on uh, information that uh, that I don't have. But I would drop Siraj for Ashwin because he has looked down a bit more tired, both at the Oval and at Headingley, I thought. I, I thought the Oval, he, I mean, he obviously made his name at the start of this series by being so feisty and up and at him. And there wasn't quite so much of that at, uh, at the Oval. Was there he just a little bit more sort of placid, which suggested to me he was probably just tired um, and was uh, yeah. kind of feeling that a little bit. Right, let's finish. I mean, I, I noticed today as well, it's only 10 days before the IPL resumes and we'll be back with the um, IPL dailies um, as we go through the rest of that. Rito's desperate to get in, even the fact that we're overrunning Rito, but go on then, go on then. Yes, uh, James, quickly, in Joss's defence, last time he played at the Emirates Old Trafford, he put on a match-winning partnership with Chris Wokes against, Par- uh, against Pakistan, so maybe that's what they're back on the game. There you go, Jacob. If you're watching this, I'll let him back in just to defend Joss Butler. I, I am balanced. I am balanced. Um, thank you very much, Rito. Thanks, Mark. And thanks to Neil. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you again as we go through the five days at Old Trafford. As I say, just 10 days before the IPL resumes. We'll be back with our IPL dailies to see us through the second month or however long he's left of that. Then we're into the T20 World Cup. Then it's the Ashes. And then we can maybe have a couple of days off. It's fantastic. Cricket, cricket, cricket. And we'll be back again tomorrow to talk about some more. We'll see you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.